Cześć, my name is Anita Ulikowska. My name is Anna Siemiączko and we are your local foreigners. Today we've got a beautiful summer day, which is, well, it can be quite rare in Britain. So we decided to take this opportunity while we're in this summer vibe and talk about the summer in Britain and summer in Poland. I wanted to start off with asking you, what are the first things that come to your mind when you think British summer? Parks, alcohol, specifically... (laughs) Specifically, pimps. Yes. yes. Gin and tonic, actually. Very summery. Is it because it's your personal It's my favorite. personal <laughs> per- favourite, particularly in the summer. <laughs> um, can't wait for a winter episode when I just say the same thing. Yeah. Gin and tonic is a very winter kind of a drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and strawberries. Strawberries and cream. Yeah, very British, I think so. Yeah. Right? That's, mm-hmm. that's very, very summer. Very British. Mm. Flip-flops. Yeah. Super British. Super summery. Flip-flops when... It's not even flip-flop season. I think that's the very... <laughs> yeah, that's a very British thing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> obviously flip-flops are popular all over the world. But I think it's only in Britain you see people wearing flip-flops in absolute cold spring weather still. Yeah. Wondering why. But they, I think they're already sensing the summer. Maybe it's the flip-flops <laughs> just... Inviting the summer over. Or trying to impose summer when it's not yeah. around. Like, we will make it summer. Yeah. <laughs> no matter the temperature, summer's here, we're wearing flip-flops. Yeah. But I think, okay, so actually let's stop here because this is um, a really funny subject. Um, I must say that when I first came to Britain, I was very uh, confused about the flip-flop culture <laughs> in a, the most confusing thing yeah. was that I, I vividly remember okay this is my university years and it is in Cardiff I don't know whether it makes a difference uh-huh. it was also like 10 years ago maybe things have changed but I do remember people wearing you know you remember the the boots called UGG I think UGG like so. UGG it was not part of the trend you know it's like those like they are like winter boots I think they are made of like I don't know, in my head, they're made of, like, a camel leather. Camel leather? And they are quite well suspicious. insulated. It's like this this boot that, if you were a kid and you were to draw a boot, that's uh-huh. how you would draw the boot. That's literally the profile of the boot. Okay. You must have seen them. They're, like, right. above the ankle. That's my research for later. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm uh-huh. sure you must have seen it. Anyway, it's like a winter... To me, it's like a winter boot because it's very thick, insulated leather boot above the above the ankle. Okay. So the the okay. So the paradox for me was that I would see people wear those in the summer, ah, and then wear flip flops in winter. I know. Right? Do you think that's only Wales though? Because I haven't seen anyone Mm. wearing flip flops in winter since I moved away from Cardiff. But I had a really good friend. If you're listening, Simon, I'm talking about you, <laughs> who wore flip-flops. There was definitely a year when he wore flip-flops all year long, uh-huh. in, including winter. Yeah. And I just remember <laughs> compl- you know, being completely dressed up with a hat. I think he was actually wearing a hat and gloves and everything, and he was still wearing, wearing flip-flops. flip-flops. Yes. How on earth can you not freeze 
Wearing flip-flops. That is definitely a very British thing. I think we do... Obviously, we have flip-flops in Poland, and there's lots of stereotypes of what we don't have in Poland. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have polar bears, and we don't have electricity, <laughs> yeah. we don't have internet. But we do have flip-flops. So that's definitely... We do have flip-flops. But we don't really tend to wear them as much outside, I don't think. Like, a, you would have them in a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of more Lido situation, beach, yeah. shower. Actually, remember right. Yeah. But I don't think and people... And men. I don't think the men Oh, men never flip-flops. wear flip-flops. I don't that think I've much. seen a Polish man wearing flip-flops. <laughs> no, but just crystal. <laughs> if you are a Polish man listening to it and you have one flip-flops, please come forward. Because yes. that's a revolutionary piece of information. Yeah, we will hasn't... make you famous. We will make you famous. <laughs> We'll set up your the own Instagram Polish account to wear a flip flop. <laughs> yeah. Also, the funny thing is that in Polish they're called the Japaneses. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I never thought about. That. This is a they're... really bad literal translation, but yeah, the, the Japanese. Do you think it's quite the racist? Japaneses. No, I think it's just. Why do they the call them the Japanese? Yeah, well, the, the Japanese, Japanese culture, like. I know, but exactly, yeah, but that's not... And the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get the picture, <laughs> but it's not the, like, the Japan like, flip-flops that traditional Japanese wear. But maybe that's where they come from. I, I mean, I don't know the history of flip-flops or the Japaneses, because it's kind <laughs> of we like... we them in Poland, but I would imagine... I don't think it's not anything insulting. If, if we anything, wore, it's like... like, polar bear shoes made of polar bears in Poland, you know, mm. the ones that roam the streets all the time. <laughs> yeah. And we made those shoes and we exported them and people would call them, the, oh, the Polish. Oh, what do you, I'm just going to put the Polish on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. two poles. Oh, my, my poles there in the corner. But do you think it's... I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm opening this up to a debate. Mean, yeah. I never mm. thought about it, actually, no. before. I actually forgot they were called the Japanese. The Japanese. The Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think it's a bit like with... You know, Russian pierogi. Yeah. So it's like, maybe it's just like a food that comes from Russia. It probably comes from the Ukraine. But yeah. Yeah, it's funny actually that it's like a little <clears throat> national trait of ours that we just like to name things. Yeah. Attach really random, Italian not real. nuts. Yeah. National names to things. Yes. For no reason. There's uh-huh. no like logic in it. Also, when we talked about tea and coffee, remember, we called the tea with milk the Bavarian. That's oh. also... We maybe we just yeah, like we it to, like, to have it like located geographically. We just love geography. <laughs> really good at geography. Very good, yes. <laughs> Excellent geographers. Yeah. The Polish mm-hmm. aren't. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Uh, what other things do you associate with the British summer? Or some, maybe summer in London. Maybe there's something specific about summer in London. Can we talk about pimps for just like two seconds? <laughs> just because... You love to go the topic of alcohol. And actually gin and tonic as well. Because, <laughs> because do you know what I find controversial? Yes, please tell me. Putting cucumber in drinks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. We don't put cucumber in drinks. And I really find it troubling to see, correct me if I'm wrong, vegetable <laughs> in my drink. Um... Have you ever tried basil in your alcohol? That's not, we're not talking about basil, Edita. We're talking about cucumber. It's a really serious thing. That's like widespread in the UK. And that's something I couldn't understand. And I'd always fish the cucumber out of my glass every single time they someone put it. Yeah. In okay, I've, I, I do not 
Okay, I must say, it's, I think I came across a vegetable of cucumber in my drink. A vegetable <laughs> of cucumber. <laughs> when, I, when I was living in the UK as well. So they introduced me to, to that right. concept. The vegetable but of cucumber. I, but I actually, I assumed, don't know why, but I assumed that maybe, ah, maybe the British know something that the rest of the world doesn't know about drinking, how that enhances, how cucumber enhances the flavour of pins or... You're very understanding, Anitka. <laughs> you, just, you just denied the, I just, the concept I, of... Yeah, I just scoffed at rejection. it. It's like, how ridiculous. And I just, yeah. Really? So you think it doesn't, you've never seen it anywhere else? I don't think so. I'm trying to think if we would put it in any drink. And we have gin and tonic <laughs> as well in Poland. Not so often, mm. but obviously we do. And I don't think we, we put lemon and orange and all we that. We put lemon We love lemon, but who doesn't <laughs> love lemon? Yeah, but not cucumber. So just putting yeah. it out there. It's yeah, not... I, I haven't noticed that. But to be fair, like we make a soup out of a cucumber, oh. fermented cucumber. Right? I know, it's all good, but <laughs> it must sound so, weird. Oh, actually, that's like the, let's talk about this when we talk about the uh, Polish summer, chłodnik. Ah, but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll come to it. Well, the, the cucumber yes. is going to be like threading through this yeah. conversation. I feel because it is a very summery vegetable to me. Like when I eat a sandwich with cucumber, that's for me. It's like. Oh, it's like breathing in the summer, summer. Yeah, it's really refreshing. Like I'm not against cucumber, <laughs> Just... in like, in general in life. I mm-hmm. think it's a beautiful vegetable. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a vegetable. I mean, maybe it's like a tomato and it's a fruit. But, uh, <laughs> but hopefully it is a vegetable, and it's it's <laughs> delicious. It's very summery. It's really refreshing. But mm-hmm. just when you mix it with a drink, and I find it just a bit odd. But then we, who are we to criticize if we eat cucumber soup, right? To me, one of very British uh, summery things is Wimbledon and tennis. I love the fact that for a few weeks in summer, everybody in this country turns into tennis total fans, experts, followers. They glued to their TVs, they go to the Wimbledon courts, they follow it with a whole heart. And I think it's such a, I don't know, there's something really cool about it. And so I know that you went to Wimbledon for the first time. I did. Yes. Yes, I did. Please tell us about the experience (laughs) of Wimbledon and especially the queue because um, the queue to get into the courts tends to be super long for anyone who doesn't know what Wimbledon is. But it is, it's so long that people apparently come in, like, they people camp, camp. Yeah. overnight yeah. to avoid the queue or to be in the queue yeah. at the start queuing very early on. And apparently it's like an experience in itself. So you queued this time, right? I queued. So, I mean, the, the only time because I got, I'm one of those yeah, people... Okay. Every year, kind of getting into tennis and always forgetting the rules, and it's only for Wimbledon. But this year, I got into it more properly, so I actually watched more games and I kept on top of everything. And I found it really fun. And uh, a group of friends always uh, goes to Wimbledon every second Tuesday mm-hmm. of the tournament, and I decided to join them this year. 
And it was great fun. We did not camp. We queued. Mm-hmm. It still meant getting there for 6.30 in the morning. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the gates opening at 10. So you kind no of just way. slowly moving forward. But it's really fun. And I guess there were seven of us as well. So we kept each other entertained. Uh-huh. And we had a great time. Uh, I think if you're maybe queuing on your own, it's less fun. Because you have to kind of just... Wait, you But am I am I correct thinking that if you get there for 6 a.m. or 6.30, so that means that... So you're going to queue for at least four hours before you get in. Yeah, guaranteed queuing ah. for four hours, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. But it's, like, it's really fun. There's like things along the way. And there's little freebies and there's like free coffee and uh-huh. there's like hot food in the way. So it's like you keep, you know, there's things happening, like little things jotted around. So it's not... Just a barren land, and you're uh-huh. queuing, and it's really hard. It's really frustrating. Like it's nice, and it's like uh-huh. in the shade, and the by the golf course, obviously because the Wimbledon, and uh-huh. so it's a really cool experience. And then you get there, and yeah, you're a bit tired, but then you like you get there, and you've still got that time to uh-huh. grab some food and coffee, and then you go to your respective court, whatever you got tickets for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just such great fun, and very British in that way. And then you've got your strawberries and cream that they sell, and pims. So I got both overpriced strawberries and cream and pims because I thought it's my first time. I'm gonna have mm. it all. I'm just gonna tick those boxes. Yeah. And yeah, that was really great fun. Very summery. You can mm-hmm. you get burnt just sitting there, obviously, because it's a total sand trap. So yeah. you yeah. see very many pink people around you <laughs> just yeah. burnt to crisp and I uh, so I I've been to Wimbledon twice I think maybe three times um and I went to but I, I never queued so that's why I, w- I was interested in what your experience was but I I really enjoyed well I had tickets to the center court which but well, I mean that was amazing um but I do remember that we were under this like there were seats above us, which mean which meant that we were kind of like over the roof, which meant that it was quite dark where we were sitting, which was wow, good okay. in the sense yeah. that we didn't get burned. But because it was dark this whole time, I got so sleepy. Mm. It was like I just I would. It was so interesting to to be there, but I just couldn't not keep myself awake because I was so sleepy from the lack oh. of sunshine. So that was my that that was one of the things I remembered. Um, Another thing that I really, really enjoyed was uh, the experience of just sitting on the hill. Yes. So just being like, so uh, apart from the course, there's also an area called the hill, which is basically... So Hemon Hill. A hill, or possibly. I think it's named after the guy, the English player who won Wimbledon, like, first time. The uh, history. I think people keep calling it uh, the Mar- Murray Mount now, because ah. Murray is the second male... Uh-huh. Like, Mount. Wimbledon winner. Mm. I prefer calling it just but the, don't the you hill. really enjoy the hill? <laughs> the hill. <laughs> yeah. But don't you enjoy the British kind of creativity with names? You know? It's like the headline creativity. We don't really have that. You know, the puns. Like, yeah, the puns. Like you've got the, you know, Herman Hill, but the Murray Mount. What if someone with, like, a K surname? I'm sure they would come up with something. Yeah, People just like, like have yeah. this ability to just they do. pun away, mm-hmm. which I don't think we pun a lot in Poland. I don't think we do. That's why we can. We haven't got that ability. I I can't pun. I'm really bad with puns. I for a long time I didn't understand what a pun was. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different level. 
<laughs> First we understand what a pun is. Then, then we, we un- use it. Then we understand the pun. Then we understand. And then we create our own pun. But so also... Which I, stage are we at now? A stage at I understand what the pun is. I can understand the pun very often, but I still don't understand why people say, excuse the pun. Well, you've obviously deliberately used a pun for it, like to, to create a That's funny true. situation. So I... That still baffles me when people say pun and then excuse the pun. Because I think they kind of, they know they're being really corny, but they can't help it. So they try to kind of salvage themselves by saying, oh, excuse the pun. I'm not really that, but Uh I just dropped it in there, (laughs) I guess. They just come out all the time. I can't, I can't Can't, stop it. I can't help it. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay, back to summer though. So yeah, we've done Wimbledon. Tennis, tennis, super, super British summary, I think. Strawberries and cream and pims. Yeah. And cucumbers. Um... Is there anything else that comes to mind? Parks. Parks. Yeah? And what's, what's, what's British and what's summary about it? Well, first off, I think the park is like the assemble ground for first ray of sunshine. <laughs> yes. Sometime in April. Temperature breaks over 20 degrees. Everyone rushes to the park from their offices. So all of a sudden, yeah. every green area of, say, London, because London is where we live, is packed out with people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still a bit shivering with cold. It's still not really hot enough to be sat outside, but you are sitting outside because it's sunny mm-hmm. and you think the summer has begun. Yes. And therefore you're going to sit on that grass and have your lunch on in the park rather than in your office canteen or something. And I yeah. think that's a big thing. And people use the parks and parks are for the people. And I think that's yeah. a really beautiful thing. You mm-hmm. always just go to the park or via a park. You have your barbecues in the park. You have your drinks in the park. Mm-hmm. You have your lunch in the park. It's like a very integral part of British life. Unlike Polish life where parks are still very... They're smaller. Protected. Very protected. Mm-hmm. You can't sit anywhere. Yeah, you can't... You can't step on the grass. I mean, I have seen parks where you can do that now. But... I just, I, I remember the shock of seeing someone in Britain stepping on the grass. Like, there was just, just this internal, something I couldn't stop. It was a natural like reaction. running to them and saying, Get like, yeah, out! Please, please, don't damage the grass! Don't hurt the grass! Yeah, I, I was, the funny thing is that I was always against that law, in, or law regulation in, in Poland. But yet, it managed to develop that internal fear of touching the grass for me mm. so i mean i was like my first reaction was like oh my god those people are crazy they they're actually are they gonna get and then i, I realized actually you can step on the grass and also, I, I just think it's and the everything best thing changed ever. from that point onwards yes i was never the same person again <laughs> no i love i love i love this british park life culture of mm. like you said just almost living in a park after work and Bringing your, you know, your flip flops and your frisbees and your disposable barbecues, like the, I think it's, it really feels like, like this sense of community thing is strengthened through that park life for those few weeks in the summer. Yeah, everybody goes, everybody plays a ball, everybody's like just so chilled and relaxed, and I love yeah, it. It just meets up in the, just me, yeah, everyone just meets up in the park, and I love the fact that you don't have to have anything with you because I think like in Poland if we go 
to park or any sort of green green area, mm-hmm. wherever, we kind of tend to prepare ourselves. So we'll have a blanket and we'll have, yeah. you know, we'll have some food and we'll have this. But I love the fact that you can just be literally walking from your office. You can be wearing a suit and you want to just sit down and just, just relax uh-huh. somewhere green. And you just sit down on the grass... Yeah, that's true. And then and then you don't need anything with you. And however you're dressed, wherever you are, there's always a part you can just sit in mm-hmm. and, yeah, spend your time however you like. Yeah. And then another um, summary thing is that in some parks you would have the occasional Lido. And that's yeah. another very summary thing. I've actually only had... Um, I've been to one Lido before and... It wasn't like a proper Lido, not like I imagined it, in the sense that it was it was just a swimming pool that was outdoors. Isn't that what Lido is? Yeah. I actually thought oh, maybe it is actually I, I I almost thought it's like a little lake that you can you're allowed to swim in because you're not allowed to swim in most of the lakes, right? It's quite I'm not even sure. I've never really done that in the, in the in the UK. Mm-hmm. But I was very much against like Lidos for a very long time, and I against never went in them. Poland. Yeah, I was not really interested because I thought they would be always overcrowded, and dirty, and just. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. I think I started going with a friend of mine to the one in Brixton, Hen Hill, uh-huh. and and I really loved the experience. And yes, it was <laughs> super overcrowded, and uh-huh. the queues were super long. But again, it was, and it was not clean either. But somehow it was okay. There's somehow like this really kind of charming experience of having really overfried chips <laughs> by the pool <laughs> with really it cold water. <laughs> and then, you know, you just have a bunch of maids and mm-hmm. and it's just fun. And you kind of forget that you're in this urban jungle and mm-hmm. there's people all over. Yeah, and I kind of just grew, yeah, grew fond of the idea. You see, it's interesting because you have a very good attitude i think it's your your mindset that played nice trick on you that's you know like forced you to uh, you you, i I think you just said to yourself i'm gonna enjoy this no matter what for me it the experience of lido did the opposite it actually just reminded me that i live in this concrete jungle because (laughs) i'm laying on concrete (laughs) in front of this pool which is full of people there's people yeah. everywhere you have to overpay for everything and it just reminded me like for me that was like a little essence of living in in, in london uh-huh. so, so and i can see how you would hate it though like it's very easy to see why it's like you'd imagine this and think that's not where i want to be uh-huh. i don't know maybe it's just because i had really good memories of it with mm. good friends and it was always fun yeah um yeah, but I think given the choice, I'd rather go to the seaside. Uh-huh. But there's something cute about Lido experience. I think it's... Uh, I know enjoyed it more in Britain than when I went in Poland. Because I think, as in general life, like British life, there's less... Especially for women, I think, there's less judgment. There's no... There's less body shaming in Britain oh, in general. Yeah, I think so. My experience of Polish Lidos was... It was just for the specific people. Like, young and skinny and hot... And everyone else was kind of unofficially not welcome. And everyone got that vibe. So if you were not within that bracket, and I was never within that bracket, or never felt within that bracket, you would kind of stay out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, so yay, British Lidos. Inclusive. Yes. <laughs> welcoming. Yeah. Yeah, so in a sense, I guess it's, it is a, 
Lido is like a microcosm of the British life. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it's like, like Lido is like a mini London in the summer. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Maybe mm. I should write about that. Yeah, how philosophical. <laughs> okay, so moving on. <laughs> yeah. So we talk a lot about the British summer. Um, now I would love to talk about the Polish summer and find out if you think yeah. that's... So what are the, the, how, what's, what's the first moment of summer for you in Poland? Strawberries. Yeah. But like we were talking before the show is that moment when your mum brings in, um, a huge bag of strawberries from local market but like we're talking kilograms like june from to me are strawberries and i actually really miss that you know i really mm-hmm. it breaks my heart to go into a to not really have genuine lovely little markets at least where we live really london doesn't really have that um just like low-key cheap markets you know you have to go to a shop mm-hmm. to basically see a little box of strawberries yes. they're three pounds and there's like 10 strawberries in there. And you mm-hmm. think, wow. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm getting. I've got just <laughs> strawberries in a plastic box. That's super overpriced. Super. Yeah, exactly. I was... Um, so I, actually, uh, this morning we had breakfast together. And um, we had specifically four strawberries. It was, uh, it was crazy that I, I actually bought a big box of strawberries this time, like the, the really big one. Well, really big one for Britain. It was still, it was just like, I could, I could literally count those strawberries right. really quickly. And I got to the point that, because they are so expensive, I started, I tend to have my morning porridge with strawberries, but I know that I need, I take only four strawberries for my porridge. And when I got to that point, when I started counting the strawberries, I felt really upset that I don't have this, like, liberty with strawberry eating anymore mm. because it's it's such an expensive product here. Yeah, for no reason. I don't understand why. Because it's no, not, it's local it and it's also, like, really a quick thing to grow. Like, it's yeah. not complicated. So we're really, really upset about this. So yes. Anyone from strawberry industry, I mean, let's... Yeah. yeah, do something about that. Change your game. <laughs> when your mom comes from whatever with bags full of strawberries, that's also when like the summer season has officially begun. Yeah, and like you said, you just keep on eating them to the point that you're just so full that you're bursting with strawberries, and it's like ah. Oh. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah, strawberries definitely very summery. Poland's more. I think we're more in sync with season I don't mm-hmm. know and I'm not sure about now in the context of just global warm warming but um but even like feeling that summer in the air and I remember mm. arriving in the in the UK 10 years ago now and really missing the seasons because mm-hmm. you can just feel that the summer's arrived mm-hmm. there's some quality in the air that's different the from air. the spring yeah yeah I agree and you just feel it and everyone kind of looks around and goes yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's summer, like summer's uh-huh. arrived. And exactly. you just, and that's a beautiful moment. I miss those moments when mm-hmm. you go, oh yeah, the oh, the autumn's coming. It's just something about the air. It's not summer air anymore. Uh-huh. And it's so beautiful. I love that. But because in Britain, there's basically the long season of 
very cold, warm weather. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's two seasons at most. Of yeah. just like vague, average temperatures. So yeah. there's definitely no seasons. And uh, and yeah, I miss that. Yeah, me too. And I, I coming back to foods and specifically summer foods. I mean, like there is concept of summer foods still. I think in the summer we would um, change our diet depending on what's in the season in terms of vegetables and fruit. And I I do, I I would say that that's also changing in Poland now because I can see, like, for example, strawberries are available all year round. They're just like... It's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's still more in sync with seasons, as you said, I would say, too. Do you and think that people have like um, slightly different like menus? Like they would eat lighter meals. Like you'd have I new potatoes, so. right? You would Ooh. eat chłodnik, which is it cold soup. It would translate mm. right as cold soup, and it's basically kefir with. I started pronouncing it the the British way. Kefir, the accent is on the yeah, kefir, um, and it's got often cucumber in it. Oh, but it's fresh so good. cucumber, grated oh cucumber, mm. and a bit of salt and dill, and you eat it with yeah. new potatoes, right? So yeah. that's oh. you only eat that in summer. So Same for the beetroot one. The, the beetroot, beet- yeah, the one. Yes. Oh my god, the beetroot one. Ones. <gasps> I mean, guys, honestly, you should if you haven't already find a Polish restaurant near you and go have one. Yes, chłodnik. It's we're actually going possibly to a Polish restaurant after this and I'm, I think I'm going to have that mm. beetroot chłodnik. Oh, it's, it was so good last time I had it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fact there's Polish restaurants in, in London. London, right? Yes. Yeah. So chłodnik is one of those uh, summery dishes. I would say, for example, so uh, hopefully many of you listening know what pierogi is. Yes, of course. The Polish dumplings. And the filling also changes, right? Yeah, wait for it. Because we've got in summer pierogi with... Strawberries. And berries. And berries. So strawberries, raspberries, um, blueberries. Very, oh, well, blueberries and cream. Mm. See, honestly, when we were talking about this, I feel <sighs> like pollen's so great. You know, I don't have often that feeling, but like... <laughs> Oh my god, we do some, some things just right. I know. How amazing. It is amazing. It's a kind of that fruit and diet. And even though that sounds strange, and like pierogi with fruit sounds strange to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but not to us because we grew up with that. Yeah. But also like pasta. Right? Because we have like pasta. Yes. So I, I would have pasta with just cottage cheese mm-hmm. and sugar. Actually, yes. Do you remember that? That's true. And it was not like a cottage cheese you'd get in like a pot that's quite sour. It's just a block of cheese that you crumble. Uh Yes. You crumble on the pasta and you just put sugar and it's so good. And it sounds bizarre, but it's so good. And uh, like homemade apple jam. But you literally just like cook apples. Yeah. And then just add sugar and then that's on your pasta. And I know it sounds bizarre again, but that's very summery dish. I haven't tried that with with pasta. But um, coming back to the strawberry uh, trend, I feel like basically my my diet was strawberry diet when I lived in Poland in summer. So we would also have, um, my mum would cook rice. And she would whiz, like she would make strawberry sauce. Yes. So she would with cream. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, that was definitely a thing. I love that there's a thing like across different like, regions because right. we're not from the same town. Yeah. Or from the same region. Oh, I love that. It's oh like a national God. link. Yeah. But actually, probably, mm, I wonder if you had that cherry soup. Like, no, like I haven't had cherry soup. soup. Or strawberry soup, no, I haven't that, had that. That, like, never Your went face down says well. no. No, so that's... I mean, that's I brave, think... though. I, I, I applaud the, um, I mean, the creativity, creativity <laughs> of literally using those strawberries to the limit. To the limit, totally. Yeah, like, the fact that we cook so many things with strawberries is amazing. Is there anything else that's, that's like, really summery dish that's only in summer? Because I feel like we just eat, generally we just eat lighter at home. So you'd have new potatoes. And I'm telling you, I, that's one of the, like, number one things. That's oxymoron. <laughs> but one of the, like, most important things, food things in my life, fresh new potatoes. There's mm. nothing more just tastier than fresh new potatoes. And that you get in the summer, early summer, mm. and... And it's all, I think it only lasts for about two weeks or something, because then the potatoes, like, get less They're new. new. <laughs> and just the taste of those little fresh new potatoes mm, yeah. that people just eat with, I remember eating them with just, like, sour cream mm-hmm. or kefir. Or dill, just, like, dill yeah, sprinkled on top. Yeah, because everyone's like, these potatoes are so delicious, we don't want to have anything <laughs> yeah. else with them, we just eat potatoes. Yeah. That's very simple diet with season I think it's so brilliant and mm. we, I don't like I only start to appreciate it now seeing what like global obviously trade and food production does to our planet mm-hmm. just like eat potatoes for two weeks because they're <laughs> in season like how amazing is that there's mm. no we don't need to import anything or mm-hmm. um you know pollute environment any other way just like have or just have make everything out of strawberries because they're in season. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, me too. That's great. I do miss it a little bit. Um, another thing mm, that is fruit related when it comes to summer in Poland is fruit picking and specifically mm. berry picking. In the summer, you would often go and pick berries, blueberries, and also those like wild mm. strawberries, which I hadn't, I've never seen them. Do you mean poziomki? Poziomki. Ah, they're called wild what? strawberries. I've no idea, but ah. this is, this is how the, the closest to. Because they're slightly smaller and they take. Taste different. Taste, yeah. They oh. don't taste like raspberry. They don't taste like strawberry. They taste oh, like. I missed wh- them now. I forgot mm. they existed. Right, exactly. Mm. So you would, and it was. Okay, I, I it's such a full nostalgia trip. Like <laughs> people probably just listening to this, wondering like, we haven't heard of any of this. Like, what are you talking about? But it's, but noted down if you're ever in Poland or a Polish shop slash Polish restaurant. Yeah, get, try to get hold of those things because they're junkie. just so good. But I think it inside be knowledge. almost impossible to get them abroad if mm. like imported because they yeah. they are very like you can't. Uh, it's actually quite rare to even buy them. Because yeah, yeah you'd always just you, go and pick them. You, you know? yeah, you yeah. have to pick them yourself because it's not very. They are less common than blueberries. They are also, I would say, ties maybe a little bit smaller than blueberries, and therefore I think it's not economical to just you know spend hours picking them, and mm. then like you know sell a little pot for loads of money. Nobody, I think nobody would buy that. Yeah. So people actually go if you want to get them. 
Go and pick them. Go and pick them. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. And it's, it's just a beautiful habit. And I definitely didn't appreciate it when I was a child because I was just getting frustrated. That it's, oh, grandma, it's so hard. Babcha, it's, I can't find anything because my grandma was exceptional. It's spotting yeah. strawberry, um, blueberries and other berries. So I would always feel like I'm so frustrated. I don't want to be doing this. But now I understand the, the value of it in this, like, it yeah. was very bonding as well, you know, like walking and looking for, for those berries together. Yeah, like fruit picking in general. If you had a garden, you'd have fruit trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you always just pick whatever your trees grew and you'd yeah. always make some jams and marmalades and compote mm-hmm. and um, juices and all kinds of stuff. And it was very much in sync it was very much a part of your life, like annual routine. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd have everything in season. You'd remember about the seasons. Remember, oh, it's like August, we have to go. If we have uh-huh. a piece of land or allotment, I guess that's a British allotment. word for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we need to go and pick apples because they're falling or pears or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great... Because I think in Britain in general, most people don't have that. Because mm-hmm. I think same way you wouldn't have big gardens and maybe that's why parks are such an important summer thing because your gardens are tiny mm-hmm. like super super small um with not much in them and mostly flowers um so there's not i guess it's only farms and farmers that would have direct access to fruit trees and or fruit yeah. bushes etc so i think so yeah, so yeah, definitely. I never appreciated it then, but I definitely appreciate it now. The whole experience of growing up with just being really close to nature and being really close to the seasons, understanding that and mm-hmm. being part of it. Yeah, and to a certain extent, growing your own food. Yeah, right? definitely. Like, which I don't do anymore. And it's, you know, it's up to me to change that. I, I know it, but it's... Yeah, I was I was doing it back then. Well, well, I was part of it because it was around, and here yeah. it's just not so common. Other uh, very Polish, yes, summer things. I like to flip this health. Yes, let's around. stop talking about food. No, 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 no. <laughs> actually, because I think on point to that, uh-huh. I think everyone's just. I bet you're all thinking, oh, the poles living such a healthy life in Poland everything's in season and they just have these beautiful like meals just Uh like using strawberries etc but also huge thing in Poland like in Britain are barbecues but that's like big 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 major thing and at those barbecues meat is absolute king Mm -hmm. everywhere so it's funny to talk about it from our perspective being vegetarian but meat is absolutely number one in, in polish barbecue which is not so much a british barbecue obviously it is but i think like polish sausages oh. on barbecue yeah. are like a must mm. absolute must mm. and they always hit and everyone loves them and you don't actually no one even bothers usually with salad or anything extra you just have meat on your barbecue a piece of and bread. A piece of bread and everyone's happy. Yeah. So. Oh my God, that's so true. You know, I never really thought about it, but you're so right. I do feel like there is a more a variety of foods in the UK. And obviously, I think there's a, ver- a variety of diets as well. That's why people just understand that when you invite your friends, probably there's, there's bound to be at least one vegetarian or vegan person. So 
the the foods are slightly different and also even if you have when you have sausages they're not that they're not like the Polish sausages they are different yeah so and I so I'm mm. I'm vegetarian but I must say I read that one thing I miss from meat is the sausage the Polish sausage really yeah interesting I do I, I don't miss anything else from the meat kingdom but I <laughs> I really miss the sausages they are so good they're so big yeah that's great about them <laughs> Big juicy Polish sausage. Oh, oh, I, yeah. No, 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 no. We can't. We can't talk about that because I'll, I'll, I'll turn meatarian. Beer. Beer is a big thing. Beer with cordial uh-huh. and syrup. Oh yes, roast silver plate. That's a big thing. That's a big summer thing. Rattlers. Mm-hmm. So like, we, I guess we share that with Germans. Yeah, and they are. They are. In the summer in Britain too, because I mm. do. I had a red light today. Really? But I think it's more like Shandy, which is different oh, from like an actual rattler yeah. where you buy it in a bottle and you kind of have the difference meal. then? I think they're like pre mix and they're slightly. Uh-huh. I, th- I think they're slightly different. They're not so beery because they're not. Uh-huh. It's not just like beer with lemonade. Uh-huh. That's a British yeah. Shandy. Yeah. Like, a rattler's more like lemony, I think. Like and there's a. Yeah, maybe it's the thing about this, like, lemonade and lemon juice. Mm. Maybe that's... Yeah, yeah. so like a more of a... Yeah, you're, I think you're right. I think there is... Flavour combination going on yeah. in the Rattlers. Um, can I add one more thing? Because we were talking about barbecues. But for me, another thing that I, I used to love to do that with my parents, bonfires. Yeah. So there is another way of cooking your sausages if you're a meatarian. <laughs> Um, and it's bonfires. I don't think it's a, such a common thing in Britain. Definitely not for like cooking your foods, right? right? Yeah, exactly. I think bonfire is just like I don't know, maybe industrial when you have to like burn some garbage. But uh, yeah, uh, having bonfire for entertainment. Yeah, I I've never been to a bonfire in the UK, and in Poland they are quite common. To that, like we actually with my parents we had a um, like special place where you could have bonfire in a safe manner. Yeah. Um, but you could like have them. In, well, I don't think you should, but people at least used to have them. Like we'd go to the woods and have bonfire. Yeah, we have ridiculous. a total disregard for any rules in Poland. No. I mean, maybe it's Especially changing, health and but, safety. but we, yeah, health and safety is a very, I mean, health and safety should be actual episode. <laughs> we, oh, yes. we have no, like, regard for health and safety mm-hmm. in Poland. Like, whatever no. you can get away with, you can get away with. And fire, like, bonfire is actually the best example of that. Yeah. Bonfire in the middle of, of a forest. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Let's have fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> and have some sausages. Yeah. And you always have this one guy with, like, a sharp, like, knife. What do you call them? Scissoric. Yeah. Um, pocket knife. Pocket knife. Mm-hmm. That would just, you know, they would find the branches and they would just sharpen the, yeah. the sticks the for the sausages. So you literally just <laughs> use any branch there. Yes. A uh, piece of stick you find around you. Yeah. Sharpen the end so it's like pointy and then pierce the sausage <laughs> yes. and stab the sausage. And that's when you sit by the on a log by the fire and you... Uh, cook your sausage yeah you cook your sausage and then it also at the end uh, sometimes you put potatoes oh, in I was the... just going to say yes oh, potatoes. these are so the best things so you put potatoes in the ashes of the burnt down wood 
And I think you just throw them in in the fire and then they just wait you? till the end. I thought my parents always buried them oh, okay. so that they don't actually burn, but they cook oh. with the heat of the ashes and oh. the, the wood, like the, the oh, logs. That's so... I mean, the taste of those. Right. Oh, my God. Because you can taste that fire and you can taste yeah, that like ash. The, the, oh. Yeah, the ash and the dirt. Like, oh, it's, very, it's so good. Very good. Oh, my God, yes. I really would love to have a bonfire now. Exactly. Maybe we'll start Let's a trend. Let's find forest and... <laughs> yeah. We'll start a trend. If people start having barbecues in forests uh, whenever this podcast comes out, I think yeah. we were the reason. Or if we start hearing about um, fires Just taking fires. down the forest of Britain, we'll know <laughs> that's our fault. Of course they blame the Polish. Coming <laughs> yeah. over here, starting fires. <laughs> <laughs> Typical, but to be honest, we did. You know, we would be absolutely to blame. <laughs> oh my god! So I reckon we probably have covered most summary things. I, I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah, we have actually uncovered so many memories. Right, that are things I haven't thought about in ten years' time or more. So that's very um, has been brilliant for me and for you, and hopefully for you guys as well. Hopefully. If not our memories, maybe that kind of triggered your memories of um, childhood summers. And uh, yeah. and if it has, then please send them our way. And uh, wherever you're from, mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting to hear about unusual summer activities, unusual summer food. Um, yeah, because it's fascinating, right? Like, it is. I'm really curious to find out what summer means to people from different countries. So... Yeah, like uh, Anna said, please send your summer habits, your summer traditions, your whatever comes to your mind when you think summer. It would be really great to find out. So we're going to end here this very summer episode of Your Local Foreigners. We're, um, it was lovely to spend some time with you. We're really looking forward to hear from you. And we will hear you next time. Bye. Cześć. Do zobaczenia. Pa, pa.